If we could talk about time Adam Watch a film today James We'd explain all the plots that confused you Scott And we'd say Welcome to Time Travel Film Club Hello from the past, present and future. My name's Scott Hamza and thank you so much for listening to the sixth episode of the Time Travel Film Club. A weird, wild and chronologically contorted journey across some of the best and some of the worst time travel films throughout our timeline. As always, joining me in the TTFC, to my right, our resident science guy and the why to our collective why nots, James Donnelly. Hello, James. Hello, Scott. I love apocryphal stories about philosophy and the wankers who study it. (laughs) (laughs) And to my left, as always, film fact finder extraordinaire and a man emotionally handcuffed to a lamppost, Adam Hedges. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We are here, gentlemen, as always, to kick off another episode of the Time Travel Film Club, our collection of 12 time travel films spanning three decades and five countries. Each episode, our darling listeners will join our past selves for a breakdown, analysis and comparison of a time travel film they might not have heard of. I know you're saying the films cross those different times as genres and locations, but it makes it sound like the podcast is filmed yeah, across in, three in, different countries. Yeah. I was Canada, nine years old America. when we started. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to today's long-awaited episode and today's film, 41. 41 was released in 2012 and is kind of still being released in a lot of ways. Directed and written by Glenn Triggs and starring a man definitely not Mel Gibson's son, it's Chris Gibson. You don't know that for certain. We did. We, we did Google it, right? Sure, <laughs> I don't even need to ask where you guys watched this because I know where we all watched it. We all watched it for free on YouTube. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I definitely watched some of it on his still going Kickstarter. I started watching it on Amazon and then pivoted to a much more accessible platform. But I do. I love a film that's on YouTube. I can't, you know, the second it's like that available, you've won me in some regard, at least. Yeah. I think that might be and the I'm, only way this film wins. I needed wins all you of today. the points here to win you over. <laughs> all of them. Now, dear listener, before we send you back in time to our past selves, if you would like to get in touch with us, we'd be overjoyed to hear from you. Boys, how can our lovely listeners do this? You can like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, and you can follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. And if you want to have a philosophical tea party, you can find us on our subreddit, r slash Time Travel Film Club, or send an email to timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com. And so, without further delay, boys, unlock your bikes, grab your black lights, we're off to a motel for the night. It's 41 time. Disgusting. James, sorry. Watch all of Adam's movements. <laughs> Real sorry. Well, I'm watching. Okay, yeah. and this is my fault. This movie, 41, okay? Great movie. Love you, James. This movie <laughs> it opens with a voiceover, okay? It does. Musing about... Musing about time, about memory, we get glimpses of centurions and cavemen and the cosmos. At no point in the voiceover, do you answer for yourself, Adam Hedges? <laughs> I've, I've got nothing. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I've got nothing. I don't want to spoil what my opinions on this film are. Um, fuck you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't made a big thing about, you know, who picks which movies. We're all in this together. Apart from today, where you've betrayed us both. You've betrayed the listeners. I think you've betrayed yourself as well. I think I've provided us with something 
that will be very entertaining. Well, let's get back into it. Let's begin this meal properly. A meal that Adam has brought us from the kitchen of fuck you. <laughs> Aiden. Aiden, not... I, I don't know his surname. I don't think it's mentioned, is it? Doesn't have one. Doesn't need one. Irrelevant. I should point out, actually, one of the first things I realised is, for a movie that is an hour and 16 minutes long, that voiceover takes quite a while. It's mm. quite pensive. It's quite quite long. And the movie in general is very slow in moments where you would believe you could have either made this in 42 minutes, in 40... 41 minutes. No, you don't get to have that, I'm Hedges, sorry, okay? Look, you can't Be just upset. call me out. No, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, yeah. you know, why was it not... For... It's, it's quite slow in so many moments where you're just like, it's... You've only got an hour and 16 to work with. It's frighteningly slow, this movie. So little happens. The opening monologue as well, doesn't it doesn't quite fit the rest of the film. I know it's kind of pensive and philosophical, but the tone of it I think doesn't quite it's it's probably the best part of the film. I I'm absolutely certain it was an afterthought. Oh, it's like a big I think yeah, Starting it's like this a big movie post. at that opening scene where Aiden is just locking up his bike. Locking up his bike just wouldn't have helped at all. Locks his bike up so else. well that when he needs to unlock it later on, he can barely unlock it. That's how much he's locking <laughs> yeah. his bike up. That's the only good thing I will say about Aiden in this movie. Man can lock up a bike. I've got, I have got a little fact. I don't normally have facts, Adam. That's normally your job. But um, I, I believe he filmed all of those opening shots in those different countries just while he was on holiday there. Yeah, I think that's correct. Oh, they're actually. just holidays now. I mean, yeah, yeah, Austra- yeah. Uh, Australian cast and crew, Australian writer-director Glenn Triggs, um, all of the, it very much looks like Indonesia, Bali, the islands of Southeast Asia. And so, yeah. I've just, I assume this isn't true. I've just noticed that Aiden is played by Chris Gibson. That's not one of... Mel Gibson's, what, <laughs> 10 children, is it? Imagine. Now, Aiden is locking up his bike. As I said, uh, wonderful locker of bikes. Uh, Aiden, we don't know his surname. I, I also wanted to point out one of the things that's said in this voiceover, and it's paired with a voiceover at the end of the movie as well. The dramatic Australian woman, almost sounding like one of, this is like the most thoughtful episode of Home and Away you've ever watched. <laughs> Channel 5, Saturday afternoon. You're just like, wow, they're going balls deep on this one. Wonga Bay has been lost to time traveling through Wonga Bay will fucking get you that's the vibes I got from this from this woman she does say we're prisoners in the fourth dimension and so this is like it's trying to kind of set up this whole thing that they kind of pay off at the end of tra- being prisoners to time but she does also spout some bullshit as well at one point there's the, the little phrase where she says every five seconds someone lives Eight seconds, someone dies. Oh, terrible! Oh, yeah, terrible I know the the, the three second window. Um, also com- completely not true. Uh, even like if you were to look at just Australia, Australia has 03 percent of the world population. So that would be wrong. But four to five people are born per second, mm. and one to two people die every second. Just, I mean, that if even if even if she'd said every five seconds someone is born. And every eight seconds someone dies, I would have been slightly more on board with it. But it just it doesn't make sense as a sentence. There's nothing about it. There's like, but facts are just all over the place. Imagine if she was just talking about Australia. This movie just gives it that. Yeah. In Australia, someone dies every eight seconds. I'm just gonna pan over all these other countries while I mention only Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now Aiden is locking up his bike at his university, the university he attends, and and so he walks into 
very, very disappointingly and yet incredibly predictably, his philosophy lecture. Because, you know, what are uh, philosophy students if not people obsessed with time travel? And and I can imagine that Glenn Triggs is either big on philosophy, into his philosophy, or at least, you know, what was, was very concerned with this. Because the university and his philosophy professor are kind of like a tool that is used throughout this movie. And especially when paired with that voiceover at the beginning, it's I think it's like shooting for metatextual textual commentary kind of thing. I think I should point out, actually, I'm, I'm glad I remembered to say this at the top. This is a bona fide example of somebody who's watched Primer. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right? I think, uh, you know, yeah, oh, if they could do that. Several times when I, re- I reference Primer in my notes for this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, me too a couple of times, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think definitely it's like, oh yeah, you've seen Primer. You wanted to not make your own Primer, but there's a lot of kind of like, oh, well, they had a little bit of meta, metaphysical or meta whatever, you know. They use a motel. I'll use a motel. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and yeah, they, they're in a kind of heavy philosophy debate with their professor. The professor asks them some questions about why do we exist? Asks one girl who comes up with a I don't want to talk about the acting yet, but poorly acted discussion about how she believes the Bible. That has all the answers for her. And oh, it then... kills me. It, this oh, lecture Christ, no. kills let's talk, let's, me. Can we get into... I think we should almost. This is the you point. You can't get past it. You haven't seen any acting yet fully. You know, you've seen him lock up a bike, well-acted locking of bike. But aside from that, this is the moment where you see like three different people. You see the Christian uh, uh, student, as you mentioned. You see the nerdy student. I'm going to label him. I've got so much to say about what he says. And then you get our boy Aiden contributing. You also get like some kind of jocular, rambunctious kind of punky students. All of them in this philosophy lecture. My first note was... These students are all really old. Well, we find out later, I think, don't we, that Aiden is, he must be postgraduate. Because he mentions, uh, we'll get into the fake FBI Australian police force <laughs> uh, later, but uh, one of them mentions that he graduated two years ago. Oh, oh. okay. I didn't oh, yeah. even catch that bit. It makes, I mean, granted, it makes a bit more sense that they would be postgrad. Why then their professor is giving them not even philosophy 101? I should point out, for the purposes of the podcast, I studied philosophy at university for three years. Oh, I'll come at you for that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah well... I mean, there were some there were some douchebags in that lecture hall. There were some shitty people in that lecture hall. Some some creepy weird people. I was one of them at some points. I'm sure. <laughs> there was never a moment where someone just looked at the at the audience and said like, "So, why are we here, gang? What 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 are we doing in Wonga Bay?" <laughs> <laughs> Not a single one of the students look like they are in this class. Every single one looks like a stooge. They, they Everyone. Don't look, they don't know that they want to be in this film. No. Some of them are like slyly smiling as if like, oh, I'm on camera. Some of them are, just do not give two shits what they're doing there whatsoever. Nobody's making any notes. Everybody's got pages open of textbooks that I don't imagine are philosophy textbooks. It just, nothing makes sense here at all. Let's focus in on Christian girl and, and mathematical yeah. guy, okay? Because, okay, so why are we here? The professor asked asks the lecture hall, her response is, it's like, yada, 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 it's the Bible, okay? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> or hell. Fuck or me, hell, whichever's good for you, but that, yeah. it's got all the answers for me. Mathematical, and I thought like that was that was going to be the worst. You know, this is, again, she's like the second person you've seen acting yeah. so far in this movie. You've seen Professor, and then you've seen, you know, her. She's the second character to speak in this movie, and it's like, really, I don't want to rag too much on the acting quality of what is obviously a, an independent movie, what is obviously a movie using a lot of amateur actors or just sort of what's the word rookie actors or or hobbyists you know they're just they're just people fine 
I don't want to rag too much on them, but my goodness, when you begin this movie and you see the nerdy guy who's just like, we're all, uh, we're all on an on an elephant's foot. We're just on an elephant's foot. What voice is this? That's his know. voice. Just keep doing That's it. That's what he sounds that is, like. That is very close. He's awful. I hate. I I hate him so much. I don't yeah. know why. It's an unrealistic hatred. He's yeah. he's also so I assume he's supposed to be a kind of quintessential nerd, the smart guy in the room, yeah. but he's too you know focused on his maths. And then he just talks again, utter nonsense. At some point, he says that uh, it's a we, we could be a mathematically a microscopic molecule in an atom. No, you don't get molecules in atoms. That's, <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Um, and he also suggests that we could be microscopically small, some part of a giant elephant's foot. No, again, we've, we've like there are fundamental particles that can't be broken down any smaller. There's limits, like the speed of light. All just a load of nonsense. He says we used to think that we there were a, a couple of nuclei inside an atom. Again, no, we've never <laughs> never thought that. Never ever thought that. I just every single thing he said and every phrase he used was total bollocks. He spent every second of his performance just peddling <laughs> peddling yeah. myth, peddling peddling wrong. Oh I, wow! I feel like someone looked at like they opened a chemistry or physics textbook and looked at the page that had atoms on, and they went, "Oh, that one looks like a solar system." Which, by the way, they don't. They have weird orbits that have nothing to do with that. They look like figure eights and all kinds of things. But they looked at that and they went, "All right, then." That one image, I'm going to write an entire speech about, about how mathematically we're dirt on an elephant's foot. Yeah, it's absolute nonsense. It's an awful it's lecture to be terrible. in. I honestly, if imagine if that was like you're sat in there, you're a postgraduate student and you're just like now, you decided now after like four years of philosophy to sit here and be like, I'm into the Bible. I'm into nihilism. <laughs> I just don't, I hate, oh, goodness, goodness gracious me. Okay, let's pedal past. I have a lot of this, but I, you know, I spent so many hours just bored in lectures with, uh, let me tell you, philosophy lectures, it's just a guy with a PowerPoint clicking away and just being like, this is this, this is this, go and write an essay. They're very dull. So at no point, Scott, did you get asked about what you thought the meaning of life was and you didn't say, we've all been dead a lot longer than we've been alive. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's, it's so like it's not and that's this is the guy who's just like yeah burn the world maths <laughs> that's basically his that's basically his viewpoint no one can you know we've all been no we've all been that's not how you should look at life my friend and even if you have a different view it's a wildly different at least she's just into heaven and hell everyone knows about that but to just be like we've been dead for ages so living means nothing <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest I'll be honest, I could talk about this section of the film for an hour plus. Yeah. I feel like we need to move on before we, do, we, we do. die. You're right, yeah. you're right. Oh my good God. I mm. So post-exam, and you know, you're, you're right, we do need to move on because there's a very important thing that happens next. Aiden goes to unlock the, the labyrinthine, you know, myth of a lock. You're, that he's... you're really hit, like, leaning into this locking of okay, the Viking, right? The, a, big, a big reason for this is because when... so. He is he is greeted while he's unlocking his bike by himself. Himself rocks up. I'm not going to use any Aiden 1, Aiden 2 just yet. With a creepy look on his face and his hood over his head. Yeah, the... the, the it's yeah. just bad acting. It's, a, <laughs> it's just... I don't on. know what he was going for. Like, I honest to God, in that moment, you're right no. to call it creepy. I don't know what he's going for. Is he going for, like... Is, yeah. he, going, is he going for, like, coy, I don't know stuff you... Like, I, I know stuff you don't know kind of vibes? Is he going for... It's not how you approach someone in public, let alone... A, yourself and and at, at this point he is trying to tell himself don't go to the to the motel but he kind of comes up and he's like don't go to the motel it's like devil i would don't go to the motel 
Honestly, that's that's borderline what I got from 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 Aiden in this moment. Like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't go to the hotel. <laughs> what would you be more freaked out? Is that that it's a copy of you, or that this this really creepy guy has just approached you in public and been like, "Don't go to the motel." You, your Australian accent just reminds me of Dingo Dial from the Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he says, as we, you know, he says himself comes up, don't go to the motel. And then I originally wrote down and then he runs off the, the club, but he doesn't run off. The camera just cuts to Aiden one. And this is why I'm making such a big deal about the locking. Yourself, a clone of you, as far as you know, at this mo- moment in time, a clone of you, a time traveling version of you or whatever, a twin you never knew you had. A you has just come up and given you instructions not to go to the, hi- is it Heathcliff? Highcliff? Uh... Heathscape, Heathscape, the Heathscape Motel. That's it. Assumedly, he then just runs off. Why would you not immediately run after him? Why would you not grab him? It's like a really, you know, a really serious thing. And I have a big problem with Aiden, aside from, you know, the the creepy performance and the weird eyes and the fact that, honestly, at every single moment in this movie, he, he looks like he's just been given a new set of eyes and yeah. he's getting used to them. <laughs> All of that stuff aside, a big problem I have with the kind of performance and and the or not the performance, but with his performance, Aiden's performance in the first 20 minutes of this movie, he's nowhere near as shaken up and he's nowhere near as urgent as you would think he would be. Uh, my wife once appeared in a location I didn't expect her, a.k.a. outside of my work. I just didn't expect her there. And I was shook to my core for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if you appeared in front of yourself and you ran away, you could chase yourself and catch yourself or are you is there a limit oh would you be exactly as would you because you can't run faster than you can run Uh, am i the time traveler or the time travelee so you're uh, you've been visited by another you so and then the other you runs away and you chase them they came from the future yes they're old as shit i'll beat them right okay oh that's fair you do have like a smidgen more life in you he (laughs) he has died a little bit more than you have unless he's been training because I do weird shit and I might just start training well, one weekend. And also so do he... 12 hours of weights yeah. and 12 yeah, hours yeah, of yeah. cardio, yeah. Yeah, if like a buff version of me came, I've got no chance. I think the element of surprise means that I'm just not prepared. So assumedly he's at least done some hamstring stretches and some <laughs> lunges. And so he will beat me. I- I'm also, I'm not going to lie. None of us are runners here. Absolutely no. not. And I don't think any of <laughs> us, if, if we appeared in front of each other, I don't think any of us would even try and run. No. I'd, I'd, I'd immediately ring you two and go, guys... I just time travel. Guys, I look, I, I look good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I look, have have you seen me I've recently? been working out hard. I'm used to seeing myself in the mirror. My parting looks so weird like this. <laughs> At the least, you would be like, can you just, just stay right there? Okay, we'll have a chat more about the hotel. We'll talk some stuff over. But just stay right there. Let's at least stay right here so that we can kiss. <laughs> at least let's do something. I, I gonna... <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to know. <laughs> just... I was like, I was like, oh, I'll mention this as an aside to the boys. I won't put this in the actual episode. <laughs> It's the first movie where that's logically been a possibility, you yeah. know. Los Cronocrimes, he was never about it, Hector. He just wanted no. to murder his alts, whereas, yeah. like, you know, just saying. It's an important conversation we needed to have, I think. I, I mean, it's one of those things everyone thinks about. If you met yourself, would you shag yourself? Aiden, not even, he's not even bothered. He's not even bothered. <laughs> he doesn't even react. We see him next, he gets, and this is where we meet his 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 friends Nick and Jess. Um, and he just walks into what is a repeated shot of the you know camera on the dining table, them both on either side of the dining table, Jess and Nick and Aiden walking into the room and sitting down. Is Nick his brother? I, it, it, I don't know. I think they're housemates. Because well, at some point he says something like, what's my brother's middle name? 
Oh, I thought he said, what's my middle name? Oh, what's what's my, what's, yeah, like, what's my middle name? Yeah. No one would know my middle name. And then he says, the answer is like, a girl, Sal. It's South. Mm. Oh, is it South? South. Oh, I believe, okay. Yeah. South. Yes, I believe it's South. I say that because I always watch films with the subtitles. Oh, okay, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, good, good call. This, uh, is, this is the moment that I drew primer vibes from because it reminds me of the moment they're sitting around the table and they're talking over each other and there's that like like Aiden's trying to tell them something and they're not really listening to each other they're kind of like having a conversation and that's a big primer thing I hadn't I hadn't noticed that primer but now that you say it you're completely right they're talking over each other Uh, yeah they they really was primer vibes sitting around a kitchen table like it's almost like he watched that scene and was like I need to put a scene in where I'd go as far as as you're, I'd say it's an yeah. homage. I'd go because yeah. it's and honestly, it, it part of the reason I came to the conclusion it's homage is because it's nowhere near as effective and nowhere no. near. It, there's no reason to it uh, other than homage or, well, or I, what I, you know I, because there there's uh, sorry to cut you off, Adam, yeah. but the the because the the conversation they're having is not one in primer. It obfuscates important information, uh, plots, complexity, and, you know, which kind of necessitates a second viewing and and adds this kind of like very unique to Primer thing to then, when was Primer? 2004? uh, To then, eight years later, be just kind of doing it at a a crappy kitchen conversation that amounts to ball all because they don't give a damn about him. I only really picked up on two things in this scene. The first thing being uh, that he just drinks a glass of juice that's on the table. He's just arrived in that room and he just picks up a glass of juice <laughs> yeah. and drinks it. And I thought, I that ain't your juice. What are you doing? He looks like a drug addict in this yeah. moment. He's just walked in, the glassy eyes, and he sits down, waxes off the juice because he's got the gurns. And then, you know, he's, oh, what's, and they, to the extent where they're just talking <laughs> over him, they couldn't give a damn that he's in the room. He's got the gurns. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't trust him. (laughs) I saw a version of me today. (laughs) And and then, a point that I'll come back to later, uh, the only other thing I made of note was that his friend brother says mentions the time that he saw Elvis. Oh, that's that's in the second repeat of this same camera angle, same moment with them two, and he's just rehaving the conv- like this is almost convincer chat light of like he's walked in. Oh, you never guess what I what I saw, uh, and they're just talking over him. They don't care so much, but then I, I it ends with you know him just walking off because they 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 don't care too much. You like, are right though. This this is the convincer. Well, there are a couple light. of light convincer chats going on here. He comes back later on and does the whole call me call me now and then they 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 call Aiden and yada yada but we'll get there in the end next up we have instead of again hunting down the clone of himself that is running all over town seemingly instead of being way more into the situation he goes to visit his sick grandma good for you nice family member and all that but there is a clone of you running around Adrian for goodness sake you know he goes to visit his sick grandma I don't know how she's sick she's old so there is that I assume she just had old She's just got the olds. Well, my my initial uh, the initial thing I noticed about this sequence was it's very clear this isn't a nursing home or a hospital. It looks like her bed is made from a keyboard stand. <laughs> really, I didn't. Even... Honestly, it's so bad. It's like criminally bad, and it's like there's a couple of points in it that I'll bring up as we get to it. But like, it doesn't feel. It feels like they've just oh, this room looks like a bit like a hospital room. Let's put a keyboard stand up and put a mattress. He looks like he's it. about to mug her. Yeah. Like in some way. Like he's come over with his glassy eyes and he's like, oh, hey, Grandma. Hey. Yeah, let me let me read you, Grandma. By the way, do we have any history of uh, brain disease in our family or mental anything? Can I like knock you over the head with this shoe and, and take all... You know, he, he's dodgy. The, the hospital scenes in this film are, I would say, I mean, subpar would be the best word. I mean, 
At one point, there's I, I'm not sure if she's supposed to be a nurse or a doctor because she's dressed as a mixture of the two. Um, and she's talking to him about a concussion later on. We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. But the whole way through, I was like, this isn't a hospital scene. No. And then really the only thing of note that happens in this, aside from, you know, acknowledging that she is alone and she is passing on and all this kind of stuff, is that he receives a phone call nice and quick, blah, 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 hangs up the phone. And, and that's that. We come back to that later on for obvious time traveling reasons. Finally, finally, Aiden does what, you know, we would have all done probably straight away. And he goes to the motel that the... That he himself, you know, the alternate him told him, you know, I mean, come on, unlock your bike and cycle over. (laughs) (laughs) And at uh, uh, the motel, we finally we get to meet like our final set of three characters. They're all kind of clustered into this this motel area. The first two being his ex-girlfriend, Lauren, and uh, the old motel manager. I wrote down something here about Lauren. Oh, my God. Can Lauren actually act? Probably the only person in this movie. Who can act? I think so. She's she's okay. There she's... is. I, I will say there's no chemistry whatsoever between either of them. They you know they have this little chat at the at the at the motel. He doesn't know that she's been working there. They broke up a while back. So most unbelievable part of this movie, by the way, is the fact that he broke up with her. Oh my goodness! Right, <laughs> hands down. There's no there's no way that happened. In the breakup scene we see yeah. later on, when she's like lying in bed and he's just walking out the room again, just looking one hundred percent apathetic. He's not angry, upset, smiling. He just has no ex. Expression on his face, and in that moment, I'm thinking, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't break up. You wouldn't break up with her, dude. Spoiler, of course, that he's also in the cupboard at that point. Yeah, creepy. But we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, well. yeah exactly <laughs> right. Honestly, oh, lost some chrono crimenes in this. In this. <laughs> now they have this chat. Uh, uh, her, she finishes up her shift at the at the motel, and they, you know, bit of chit chat. Let's go to a diner for uh, a catch up. She asks about his grandmother. We get all of this kind of like stuff about their relationship. She. Uh, we know they were together. We know they broke up. She asks about his gran. He hasn't told his gran that they've broken up. All of this kind of like layering. Which I don't really understand because his gran clearly takes things quite well. One of the things that she's she's joking about her husband being killed by a golf ball or something to those to that effect. And even his gran is a philosopher with the line, isn't everything just in your head? Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, p- give her some more pain meds, for God's sake. <laughs> Send her off because she's already been clicking the button too much. Like, oh, isn't it? Like, oh, uh, yeah, right. One thing we didn't mention about that scene was how just how much of an asshole Aiden is during it. Like, she's like, oh, I'm obviously ill or just old. And she's like, will you read to me? And he's like, okay, what should we read you, grandma? Should we read you that weird story about whatever he's talking about again? And I think he takes that attitude on to when he's talking to Lauren. Absolutely. Like, as he's talking to her, I just don't feel like he's trying to be friends with her. I feel like he's he feels awkward that he has to talk to her. Yeah, like 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 something has like set him on this path. He's got to go to the motel now, which he was told specifically not to by himself. But he's like, oh, I suppose I, I better go and talk to my ex-girlfriend and find out if she knows anything. It's really weird. His delivery as well of the line yeah. of like, yeah, she was hospitalised literally the, the day after we broke up. <laughs> it's just really like, I don't know. I have no attachment to the to the levity of this situation. And I don't think Aiden does either. <laughs> I think he's just explaining facets of his life. We're now sort of like 20 minutes into the movie. We've got like... Uh, Almost every character, uh, bar one, uh, given to us, and bar no, sorry, I should say bar three. <laughs> oh my goodness! And as he's gi- as Aiden is giving Lauren a lift home, they have a car crash. Oh no, car crash! Something something hops in the road. She grabs the steering wheel. 
<laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Aggressively grabs the steering wheel. The, the one thing I, I hated about this sequence was she says, I've got something to tell you. Watch out! Like like she was going to say something but, but interrupts herself. But it doesn't feel like a natural progression of that sequence. You would say like, I've got something to tell you. I'm, watch out! It yeah. wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be, you'd cut yourself off. Yeah. You wouldn't just pause. Be like, oh no. I, I assume the thing that she's going to tell him is, by the way, I drove to work, so you giving me a lift home is just wildly inconvenient. <laughs> I was standing by my car when you asked me if I wanted yeah. a lift home. How do I get to work cool. tomorrow, Aiden? <laughs> my car's at work. Oh, she, I was going to say also, he's not, the film doesn't tell us that he is distracted in this moment, that he's looking at his phone, he's looking away, he's doing anything else. So why is he, why does he not see the thing slap bang in the yeah. right front and centre, you know? He was taught what I think most Australians are taught, which is if you see a kangaroo, you just kill it. Just just zoom forward. Yeah, just even kill if it. the kangaroo looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> Did they end up giving them money in Australia for dead kangaroos after a while? I think I heard that. So I believe that there is a there are certain rewards that you can do and there are certain licences you can own to kill various wildlife in Australia, which includes cane toads and kangaroos. I know as, as well, uh, like house cats, like like not like normal like really? house cats because they have, they had such a huge problem with domesticated but wild house cats. Oh yeah, there there are so many bandicoots that have gone extinct as a, re- yeah, as a result just, of house cats. Yeah. It's all that kind of like chain of chain of um, extermination, isn't it? We need to get the mongooses to kill the snakes, and we got the snakes to kill the rats, and we got the rats to kill the locusts, and all that kind uh, yeah, of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, uh, car crashes becoming a bit of a thing in our time travel mm. films. Right. Chrono Crimenes, we've had a couple in there as well. I just I want to keep an eye out for those going forward. This could be a new trope to add to the list. I think uh, I think it's a really, uh, what's the word? You can me- It's a measurable accident in that you can have a car crash and someone lives. You can have a car crash and someone dies. Yeah, you can have a car crash and one person lives and one person dies. And yeah. it's all believable under the... Re- if it's a plane crash, no, you know, everyone's dead. And it, it drops into the, the kind of category of of somebody having to go back and solve a problem time travel wise, doesn't it? Like, so it gives Aiden a reason to try and time travel, I guess. No, I, I agree with you. I think almost in a way it's it's a bit like the um it's a bit like the sleep trope of it's a it's a plot device to move things on to, you know, a, a screenplay writer I am not. So these things are not, you know, incredibly familiar to me, but I imagine car crash serves a, a good purpose in the same manner as send him to sleep and then he'll wake up and we can do this and this and this. Sleep scenes, montage scenes, these are all just they're things to push the, the plot forward. Talking of pushing the plot forward and talking of chains of death in Australia, uh, Lauren is dead. Uh, Aiden, on the other hand, wakes up in hospital uh, bedside with him are Nick and Jess. They are bedside, they tell him, with very moot expressions on their face and and, and odd expressions on their face upon first viewing. You later find out why, of course, that Lauren has died and the police wish to speak to Aiden because, you know, some bad stuff has happened. And Adrian sells it as if he's been told one of his vouchers has expired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if you noticed the defining features of the two policemen that came to see him. Um, <laughs> Did you notice that? Did you notice it's gone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of them, these fucking police officers, one of them, so wearing a tie, so wearing a tie that his his neck is tied up. The other one aggressively not fucking wearing a tie. Yes, okay, very clear. Uh, uh, I th- there is actually a second thing the non tie wearer does. He's always drinking a cup of tea. Mm. Again, why is it from a, a mug though, and not like a Starbucks? Where, where did he get the mug from? Did you bring it from home? 
Did the hospital give you just someone's mug? Why have you just got a mug, you lazy, weird guy, no tie, DCI, no tie, having, I bring a mug to work. Fuck you, Aiden. How difficult is it on the way to shooting that day to go to a takeaway? a coffee takeaway place and get a takeaway cop to use in that sequence. I honestly think he's walked into the hospital, looked at a nurse and been like, make me a coffee. <laughs> How difficult is it to get a police uniform? Oh, God. Because I assume that's the reason they're right? in yeah. these suits because he just couldn't get a police uniform. They must both be like detectives. Uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming they're not like beat cops. I'm assuming they're supposed to be like, uh, uh, you know, uh, suited detectives. But he looks like he's just come from a bad stag do. But also, why would you be sending a detective to... Just a car accident. There, That's there's, true. There's, oh, yeah, actually, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, well, why are they not just a couple beat cops? Well, yeah. immediately. I mean, there's a there's a thing that I was going to say a bit later on, but it might be relevant to say it now here. So there's a news report later on that said that the accident happens kind of like earlier in the day. But Aiden, they've had time for the family of Lauren to say they're going to press charges like immediately this man has killed my child and there's a weird time thing that doesn't make any sense here it's all way too much way too soon yeah, like just, uh, and just, I, we I, need to move the plot along make it so that these they've been investigating him for like the last 2 hours and they they know he's a killer <laughs> Like, yeah right. You've had a car weird. accident. They know you're. They know you're guilty. The yeah. the news is reporting it. The family's pressing charges. You'd think he would be freaking out, and yet he's just kind of sat in the bed. Like, oh, it's kind of oh. it's disappointing, <laughs> isn't it? But we do meet another new character here. We do get to meet probably my favourite character in the whole movie. Um, Who, by the way, should not be on the same ward as all these regular people. <laughs> should be. It should be in a different. Yeah. Well, exactly. Should be in a different kind of medical facility. Can yeah. I just say now? Um, in my notes, straight away, first thing I wrote is, "Oh look, it's the bald widow." <laughs> It's a bald widow sat on him. It looks like Patrick Stewart on MDMA. That's what. Yep. Not my initial thought. My initial thought was budget Robert Carlyle is what I said straight was, oh, away. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, they, did you want Robert Carlyle for this? He was, and he's wait. British too. He, he is strange. His name's odd. John. His name's John McRae. And so, first of all, I was like, does he drive rally cars? <laughs> <laughs> um, weirdly, I I couldn't have. I clicked on his on a on a thing somewhere on see, a little bit of blue text. This is how forty one gets you. See, John McRae is a in addition to being a serviceable actor of Australian uh, movies. Um, is a trance DJ as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, that like makes sense. He's, he's, he's still a, 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 a operating, what's the word? A practicing musician practicing to this day. Practicing musician. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a gigging guy. Um, yeah. But I mean, that I think at least lends itself somewhat to the his, his, you know, thumbs up ability to get pretty zany, can I just say? I won't lie. Scott and I have semi-ironically, semi-non-ironically, played the two random things game with each other oh yeah the uh the, yeah. Oh, man so so he so the bald weirdo probably the biggest takeaway from this is his he sits there and the first thing you see of him is and i've written this down so i will read it and he doesn't have an australian accent thankfully he is british as you mentioned adam which just kind of comes out of nowhere yeah. but whatever peanut butter and russian currency the atlantic ocean and a melted rollerblade a lava lamp and a dead horse kidney those are his first three lines. <laughs> He's obsessed with the organs of dead animals. Yeah, it happens a lot. There's a... It happens a couple of times. Mm. It's a bit weird. Does he explain... So the rules of this game are you mention two things and the things have to be just as far apart as possible, as unlike each other as possible, which I guess are two different things. Far apart from each other in context or in physicality is not necessarily as unlike each other, unlike you would pick opposites and you'd, you know, far away, but... So like you, the opposite of the colour green would technically be the colour red, for example. But he's saying, no, no, 
the color green and something that is distinctly uh, not anything yeah. to do with the color green, which would then, I suppose, in this situation, be the sun, maybe? You, I don't know. You two got any examples of ones that you've come up with? A, a Graham Norton's thong and the fall of the Soviet Union. Excellent. <laughs> I've only got that you can't follow that one. That was uh, uh, honestly, I I had one. I'm uh, no. It doesn't matter now. To, to open with Graham Norton's thong. I've only got well, way. and I only got the Soviet Union from the Russian currency. <laughs> His ones are bizarre. A lava lamp and a dead. I feel like dead horse kidney. You've just met this guy. The Aiden is in a hospital bed. The the you know two very aggressive detectives. Let's say to be kind to them, two very ad- uh, aggressive guys have just visited him. You are not you know say, ending your opening speech with dead horse kidney is not how you make friends and ingratiate yourself the bald weirdo that's not how it happens tb dubs he and he ends that with maybe one day i'll maybe one day i'll find someone to play with yeah okay thanks a lot you freaked us out enough that cool. we just, yeah. i don't no one wants to play with you <laughs> The bald weirdo serves his purpose, though, because aside from, you know, giving us the game, which yeah, I'm great, grateful for it, he also tells Aiden, you know, I know something you don't know. Demon headmaster vibes from the bald weirdo right now because he says to him, you know, yeah, you, he layers it on again. He adds on top. You need to go to the heat. You do need to go to the motel. Aiden doesn't mention the motel, but the, the bald weirdo does. You need to go to the motel and specifically go to room 41. And even more specifically, go to a hole in the floor. Did he say bathroom floor? Or... I think he says bathroom floor. I think floor. he might say bathroom floor. It, it's yeah, neither here nor I there. So. It's a motel room. You're going to have a bedroom and a bathroom anyway. So it's all floor. It's all, you know. It's all floor. <laughs> it's, all, it's all floor. This is, of course, against police orders. And I did want to just bring a little uh, uh, thing back to... Los Crona Crimenes, uh, a link that Hector is told, stay put, don't go anywhere, yet still doesn't. It leads to a bunch of time messery, messy messiness. The the kind of rule-breaking thing is something that we've seen before. It's like, I'm going to go against what you say. Because, yeah, I guess, you know. We might have seen it in all the films. Yeah, like, yeah in I think fact, so. Being like kind of held against your will is almost a bit of a trope as well, mm, because yeah. we, we've had that in several of the films. Mm. I might add, add that to the list. And almost every time that the problems only start when you start disobeying the orders. Yeah. If you think about in Ark, it's only because he disobeys those orders that he dies multiple times. If you think about in Lost Chrono, the only reason something goes wrong is because he did. So it does seem to track that as soon as you break the rules, things just go wrong for you. And I, I think it also, also uh, firmly agreed, James, it also sets Primer aside because prime of all of those mistakes, in ARQ, um, Sexy Engineer works it out pretty pretty quickly what's going on. But when he initially goes against orders and goes rogue, let's say, he doesn't. Uh, and it's the same for Sound of... Uh, I forget Sound of Thunder. I'm not even going <laughs> to hell with it. I don't want to know. Um, but in Los Crono, he goes against it because he just thinks like, no, I, I just want to get that man out of my house. He doesn't understand the intricacies of overlapping time. Nor does Aiden in this moment. But Primus, crucially, they go against what they establish and they are very educated guys. And they are very, they know fully, they've had a paradox chat, which is why Primus up there on a pedestal is something that did everything and yet still. I'm know? writing it into the list, breaking your own rules. Yeah. Nice. We're back at the motel. It's nighttime. Aiden gets initially given room 11 by the old toady looking. He looks like the toad of Farthingwood, the manager of the motel. The, okay. You know, the, the, it's the toad in Farthingwood? What's uh, the toad one of with... Toad Hall. Toad of Toad Hall. Is that Farthingwood? Nope. No. What is Wind it? Wind of the Willows. Wind of the Willows. They're all the same. I mean, wood, willows. You know. No animals, though. 
Toads and frogs. die in, in Wind in the Willows. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, I'm sure. So he gets given room 11 in Toad Hall, eventually breaks into room 41 via the window, locates the hole in the floor, and as the manager is kind of doing his nightly checks of all the rooms, he sees the windows open at 41, he makes his way in, and to evade the motel manager, he dives headfirst into the hole. Um, I'll pause right here. What did you think of the hole? Well... Actually, I, I have something here. I have a question from our fan. Could it possibly be Superfan Anne? Superfan Anne? It's Superfan Anne. Okay. Superfan Anne asks us the question, considering 41 didn't have a large budget, what was the thing that took you out of the movie the most? Probably this. And she's, she says, for her, it was that the floor seemed quite cheap and unrealistic. 100%. When he well, he doesn't peel back lino, there is lino there. He doesn't peel back lino, he doesn't peel back sort of underlay, he doesn't anything. It is a triangular panel of wood, as if it were like a nice sort of stage decking, I imagine, and it's conveniently been literally put on a hinge. At the moment you're watching the movie when that comes, incredibly jarring, incredibly like, I, I agree, would take you right out of it. My answer to Anne's question is almost, uh, uh, I, I didn't say that that set me off kilter, but that's because instead of bringing me out of it, I would question whether I was ever really in it. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm at this point, I'm just watching like a bunch of students have some, do some stuff and have some yeah. chat. So at this point as well, Aiden has no idea what happens if he gets into that hole. So I was just like, oh, why, why would you do that? I mean, like, if you if you really wanted to hide from somebody... I mean, the first thing he does when he gets into the room, by the way, is turn all the lights on. Weird, yeah. Uh, admittedly. Immediately. Like, he's lo- I guess he's looking for the hole in the floor. I do that in hotel rooms as well, because it's not yeah, my electricity bill. He's not supposed to be in that room. Yeah, you, if you're being... Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Maybe so, like, he's just like me and really eager to yeah. turn on the lights. Yeah, he's like, oh, turn everything on, that's fine, I'm Scott, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, usually, um, <laughs> usually a clandestine activity, you keep quiet and you keep visuals low. He's like full beam everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Turn the television on, turn really the air conditioning on. No, I, I wouldn't say that it, it pulled me out of the movie, but I don't think it adds anything in terms of... You, you look at it and you go, oh, why didn't everybody travel in time who's ever stayed in that room? Because mm. you would like walk over to that corner as you would do in a small bathroom, and I just fall through it <laughs> and end up. Or like it's just weird. It's a weird way of dealing with a. I'll be honest. I think clunky. the thing that took me out was at one point when he's talking to Lauren by the car and he's like offering to give her a lift back. We can see um, Toady old man is just stood in one of the doorways looking out, and I, while I was watching it, I was like, obviously this is supposed to be a a nod to us for later of, oh, look, he was watching the whole time. But in my head, I just thought, if I was these two people and I watched Toadie watch me, I would just be like, we should leave. Yeah. I don't like this. Why is that cruel? Yeah. Why is your manager just leering at us from the balcony? Yeah. <laughs> it well, is, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you my moment that really pulled me out in a bit because we're coming to it. That's when I'll lose my temper. <laughs> <laughs> Emerging instantly from the linoleum hole in the floor of the bathroom, he uh, hops straight out, clean as a whistle, everything's fine. We don't get any kind of input into his experience in the in the dark hole. We don't see anything inside the hole. It's just a, a dark corner. And so he hops straight out, walks into the bedroom. What does he see, gentlemen? <laughs> first, first thing I'd say he sees, though, personally, is that it's daytime. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, so, true fact, yeah. Like, again, we've, we talk about this all the time. It's an easy way to show time's travels happened because it was night before, now it's day. I've just thought of something. He climbs into a hole in the floor. That 
it's a second floor room. I think that's that's why it's a time travel hole. You know what I mean? Cool. Because, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. believe me, Fair. I know. Why are you just you not thought... diving into like room 12? Yeah, there's just a room downstairs and there's some people down there. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I know what you mean. Sorry. Just there's get, something yeah. like kids show about it. Like it's like the Lion, mm. Witch and the Wardrobe kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it really is. Yeah. You know, Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, Chronicles of Narnia, it really is that kind of vibe yeah. of it's just a mysterious hole and it where does it go? But it yeah. doesn't go anywhere, but back to the time yeah. before. Right. So Aiden walks out of the of the bathroom and, and the bald weirdo is in the room wielding a knife. Yeah, it's not Patrick Stewart drinking. has now taken some some no. MDMA. It, it, it massively increases in tension, right, really suddenly. Yeah, he's like drinking a bottle of vodka and he's got like a dirty vest on and he's obviously it's manic. Manic, yeah. Knife wielding, scotch wielding. He's in his underwear. He's jumping on the bed like a child. And he goes from being helpful and cryptic towards Aiden to being just aggressive and unpleasant. The last thing he says before he leaves the room is, get out or I'll stab you out. I'll stab you <laughs> out. I'll stab you out. <laughs> like, like a little poke. Just it's get like out. really like a sort of like old man with a cane in the co-op. Like, yeah. Get out, get out, stab him. But he's got a knife. Very, very creepy moment. Mm. Luckily, Aiden gets out of the room pretty quickly yeah. and then he sees uh, Lauren and Aiden having a uh, uh, I say Lauren and he sees other Aiden talking to Lauren having a chat in the car park the same chat he knows that he had 12 hours ago I don't think he he hasn't made it clear in the movie yet that it is 12 hours but because daylight and, and nighttime we know we've gone from nighttime backwards to daytime so it's at least six for the audience's purpose at this at this point in time he's very in shot there as well like like he they don't look see up. Himself, no one. They don't see creepy managers staring down at them from the balcony. So nor no. do they see creepy Aiden as well. No, but no. why doesn't Toadie Old Man, who I mean, spoiler for later on, old Aiden? Why doesn't he look over and go, "Oh, there's me. I should probably duck back in." Because surely young Aiden will go, "Oh, old man has now seen me and other me." Yeah. Weird old voyeur, uh, old man. Because it's a it's a long life of uh, of voyeurism he has in, for, uh, you know, oh. not, not to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. This, of course, means that our Aiden, I'll say, the one we have spent the movie with thus far, is now Aiden 2. Uh, so we will, you know, we'll refer to him as Aiden 2 and, and he is watching Aiden 1. And leading on from him being a, a creepy voyeur, he can he follows them to the diner, watches in on, the, on their chat. But, but while he's at the diner, Aiden 2 sits down and he's next to his professor from the super intellectual philosophy lectures that he was having. A professor of, you know, why are we here fame? A professor who says to him that he really enjoyed his paper. And he does say paper and does say that he thinks it was inspiring and novel, etc., etc., which we will come to at the end of the film. And I watch the beads of sweat and the aggression. Furious My temples are throbbing. I can't rub them any harder. <laughs> this paper, the acknowledgement of that, we'll come to it. Um, he's he's but... looking directly at Aidan and Lauren, by the way, the professor. Yeah, oh, he can like, see Like he didn't both. acknowledge that the pair of them came in. And object. then another Aiden sits down next to him. Object permanency yeah, in this yeah, yeah. movie doesn't mm -hmm. exist too much. It's what's right in front of your face. Yeah. Um, the professor also, granted, as I was watching, I didn't uh, uh, peg on to the fact that he is a grad student, as you mentioned, James. So the fact that he gets invited to a soiree by his professor, uh, who is so impressed with his incredibly... What was the word you used to describe his paper answer? He said it was inspiring or something Insp like that. Yeah. He said it was something on maybe those lines. inspiring or like. Let's say he's a, yeah. you know the professor. He's a, you know come to my uh, my dinner party of of intellectual minds. Some of the professors and I like to gather and just just chew the fat. So come on, very creepy. The, the very only other creepy. the only other like going to professor's house thing I can think of is in the film Animal House. 
where oh. they go to is it Donald Sutherland's house? <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and that was all I could think of when I thought of that invite, and I was like, I don't think it's going to be the same sort of scene, though, is it? <laughs> no, it, it's very weird that whole sequence. But anyway, we'll get to that shortly, I'm sure. Now, Aidan, after get after receiving this invite, which is really the the important part of meeting the professor, he decides, "I'm now now's the time. I'm going to stop the car crash from happening." That's the whole point. I became Aidan too. Tries to stop the car crash, and of course is the very reason that they have the car crash in the first place. We're getting, not to mention it once more, but we're getting Chrono Crimenez vibes of, you know, you are the you are the thing that causes the thing that you are trying to, you know. It's the trope of going back in time to save someone you love, but actually being the reason for someone you love dying. And so Aiden, knowing full well about this magical motel floor, decides, oh, I've I've messed up again. I was trying to stop the car crash, and actually I'm the cause of the car crash, so, oh, it's okay, don't worry, he's not that bothered, it's fine, I'll go back again, I'll fix this. So Aiden, on his way back to the motel, we get our second very quick, sort of like, worrying and stressing moment with the bald weirdo on the bed, who is now... Bleeding to death. Having s- slashed himself? Yeah, slashed his own wrists by the looks of it. Yeah. And, mm, I don't quite... Mm, there's a little odd. You're looking at me like I should have the answer. No, Scott. no, I just, I just. I... <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm, I, I'm, I really apologise yeah. for this movie. I, 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 I don't know why he slashes himself, and I'm just, I'm just jogging my memory over the course of like everything we see in this movie, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's explained. Why does he need? Well, to, aside uh, from the fact that he needs to end up in hospital. Yeah, we know. I mean, I, I, if I was, if, if I was writing 41, uh, just make it that he does like overdosed. I think it's. It doesn't need to be a shock thing, does it? Is that it? Is it a shock thing? I think if he'd overdosed, it might have been like, is he asleep? Should I do something? Is he already dead? I think. Uh, I also think the reason he slashed his wrists is we we do learn later that he potentially has gone to war and that he may have PTSD and that part of his arc is going to be. Preventing that from happening. Course correcting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair. No, I think I, I I think you're very right, James, to mention the fact that he's been to war. We see later on in the movie he has regret and wishes to change his life, and that's one of the inspiring or, or motivating things for Aiden later on. But at this moment, it is actually yeah, fairly reasonable. I was thinking, why did he slash his wrists yeah. while I was watching it? And I didn't get get it towards the end. But now that you mention it, he's someone who has trouble is traumatized and wishes to 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 harm himself because he knows later on he does say you know you can't stop me from slashing my wrists because he having used the hole and having gone about gone through a similar process to Aiden he knows what's what's due to happen so he's a lot wiser than he comes across as a, a raving loony stood there you know just looking like one of the guys from train spotting <laughs> so after phoning the ambulance to send the bald weirdo off to the hospital where he will later meet him for the first time all over again Aiden uses the motel uh, hole in the floor, making himself now Aiden 3 because he knows, oh, well, if I just stop Aiden 2 causing the car crash, everything will be fine. It's okay. It's just, you know, I, I'm doubled up. We're now at a Los Crono Crimenes amount of people. We got to Hector 3 and that's where that movie cut off. We're already with Aiden 3 and about, we're about, uh, what, 50 minutes of the way through this movie-ish? Something like that. Yeah, so after this, obviously the logical thing to do is to go back home and have a nap. So he heads back. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not bothered. He's just not bothered. It doesn't really care. isn't. No. Heads back to his flat and uh, you know grabs a little bit of shut eye, wakes up, comes to see his friends who are they're still in the same place in the kitchen, but they've swapped positions so that oh, we know this. Yeah, oh, yeah. so they swapped even realize, yeah. right. Um, and at this point, we have the convincer chat, and we also have 
the phone call. We have the other end where he's asking, you know, I can prove that I'm I'm alive somewhere else. We get the Elvis conversation where he, his friend says, I've seen Elvis. He's I like, mean, can I say at this point, saying there is another me out there, there is a, a time-travelling version of me, or I have time-travelled and there is a previous version of me, whichever point he's trying to make to his dear roommates, Nick and Jess, saying, well, well just phone me. It's not. It's, that's not strong enough. That's no. not. In, in no way is that strong enough. No. Why doesn't the phone in his pocket that we assume he still has ring? That's so weird. Uh, that's when it. That's almost when it lost me. Why doesn't his phone ring? Because he's seen Primer and he knew that yes. he shouldn't have his phone on him at this time. Yeah. And the specific reason they mention in in Primer of they mention this is why Primer's so good is that Primer does the legwork to say oh because of cell phone tower triangulation you're probably closer to her so that's why you're getting the phone call, Aaron. This movie, he sat next to him, doesn't get the phone call. It's the it's Aiden one over at Grandma's bedside that gets the phone call. Hey, what's what's my middle name? Oh, my middle name's South. You know, uh, who would you know? No one else knows my middle name. Bollocks! Yeah, <laughs> rubbish. I no. mean, your middle name is Saba, is it not? It is. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't brandish that. I mean, you know, it's just not. It's just not enough to instantly. And you mentioned the Elvis thing. Now that I think about it, I like Nick because Nick has heard this bullshit from Aiden and he's seen this <laughs> rubbish of like yeah phone me oh yeah is that is that the other version of you on the end of the phone that knows my middle name that you can probably find out from you know Facebook yeah sure okay I saw Elvis once you prick <laughs> <laughs> he, and he leaves this moment Aiden this chat with his friends by just saying alright fine you don't believe me when when all this happens, when Lauren dies, because he comes to them, he's like, no, look, Lauren died in the car crash and I've time travelled and yada, yada, yada. And it ends with, yeah, well, I saw Elvis, shut up. He say, he walks away and he says, yeah, well, when it does happen, just look surprised. I think, <laughs> I think, there was, I think there's a deleted scene here somewhere where there's just Nick and Jess after he's left and they're just like, I think he's going to murder Lauren. Is he? <laughs> is I think he? he's going to murder. I think he's Should on we do something? crack. <laughs> that might be why the two police officers turn up because they, uh, say, they say to them in the interview, it's, well, you know what? He did say he thought Lauren was going to die. It's not that clever, Jess. <laughs> Actually, if anything, yeah. if you tell your, you know, if they don't believe in the multiple Aidens, and so your friend comes to you earlier in the day and says, Lawrence died by a car accident, and then later in the day, you are in a car accident with her where you live and she dies, I would say it looks very much like you told your friends, I'm going to murder Lauren. My immediate response wouldn't be, oh, he was right, he's a time traveller. My, my immediate response would be, did he murder her? Did he both predict and, and murder her? <laughs> They've yeah. been broken up for ages. Why does he still hold a grudge? It's so weird. Well, I know, yeah, the, yeah. It, it feeds into the whole, like, oh, he's a crazy ex-boyfriend who yeah. spends a lot of time, like, visiting motels. <laughs> so Aiden 3, with his new mo having, you know, had his, his rubbish chat with, with Nick and Jess and, and storming off, decides, okay, it's time to intervene. I'm going to uh, apprehend Aiden 2. And apprehend he does. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, now, ap apprehend. <laughs> bear in mind, it's himself, and he knows if he dies at that point, <laughs> that could be the end of it for him. He throttles himself and punches himself out. He knocks himself the fuck out. Yeah. And in a very looper vibe, the second he's punched himself in the chin, apparently, he feels it hard in his chin. Yeah. Which I like. I'm fine with that. I'm also very happy with seeing Aiden get punched in the face a lot. It felt really good in this moment. <laughs> I think you've, you've told me before, I think, Scott, that you would love to know how to do the film or video game, punch someone to knock them out, not just to hurt them or to kill them. Right. 
Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a very, to me, it's just like a very fine window between either killing themselves, especially if it's like from the back of the head or the side of the head, between killing the person and just hurting them a lot. And he has like a couple of punches at his face, one on the jaw, one on the nose, you know, one on the temple. I think maybe the third one knocks out Aiden, Aiden three knocks out Aiden two with the third punch. You know, I bet you wish you'd nailed it on the first go because the first two, now you've just punched yourself in the face, mate. He, he doesn't need, to, all he needs to do is pull himself out of the way because at this point he obviously thinks that that's how he stops the car crash from happening but like all he has to do is pull that guy off the, the road and go just or just trust just, me on this just shout and go oh Aiden yeah doesn't work don't try it He's this, such a laissez-faire kind of I don't care that much about anything guy that, that maybe that's why this kind of like weird burst of aggression is kind of like it's very out of character for you Aiden what are you doing This is also the first kind of genuine paradox in the film up until now all of it could have been like reconciled it all made sense blah 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 but we're now at a point where he has knocked him his past self out but in the past when he was this past self he was not knocked out by himself so we've reached the first time where the time travel is no longer this is just happy little loops. This is mm. now, it's all gone fucky-wucky. Yeah, chaos now. Very yeah, because, I mean, where so where does Aiden 2 go after have, after being punched in the face and knocked out? No explanation for it. No explanation. Right? The does next he just bit, stay there unconscious? Well, the next bit is my one of my most annoying bits uh, about this movie, and uh, I hope it's just my lack of understanding. He takes the dead Lauren, or at least dying... And puts her in the hole. Aiden 3, having knocked out Aiden 2 and leaving Aiden 1 unconscious at the wheel, which is why they find him and take him to the hospital bed later on. He takes the body of Lauren and takes it to the motel and puts her in the hole in the floor. Which also means that her body will never be found. They will just find him with a bloodied window and a second him knocked out on the ground. They'll find two unconscious Aidens and no dead Lauren. What do you think he's trying to achieve? Because does he think doctors are better twelve hours in the past? <laughs> well, even, say, let's say for example, he thought to himself, right, I'll put her in the hole and she'll come back to life. There'll then be another Lauren running around too. I, I honestly, I don't think he was. I, I don't know if the filmmaker was thinking at all. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if he was. If he was thinking. But either way, one of the things we learn is that for some reason, a dead person will not travel through time, which I think just means her body will be there in the future. But He, he yeah. goes in with her, yeah, and only he comes out. So do we... What happens gone? to that body? Sacrifice yeah, to the void of the motel hole? Now, I, I, I thought maybe only living people can travel, but he's wearing a leather jacket and that dead cow travels with him. <laughs> so, that's so, my jacket gone. <laughs> so just... I have no explanation for her corpses just in the ether. I don't know why he did it. I don't know how it turns out. I don't know what would happen. Like, nothing. But, nothing. But, but you're right, though. That means he takes her out of time. That body just doesn't exist. So then. why are the police interested in him, in him after the fact? You know? That Very should odd. just cure the whole film. At that point, he should be like, oh, the accident happened. She's dead, but she's No, vanished, he so. loves her. He wants her back. Ah, sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> now, as, as I said, he goes in with the body of Lauren. Only he pops out. Oh, I can't even remember if he looks back and goes, "Oh, where is she?" He does. He looks back. He's he like, "Oh yeah." He looks nah. back in. He's like, "Oh, where is she?" Oops. Oh, she's not. She's not <laughs> come out. No. Well, you know, she'll work it out. Goes off to uh, the professor's party. Goes off to a dinner party. Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm really messing up here. It's really going badly. Now I say party. Uh, a lot of terms kind of floated around my head: dinner party, soiree, meeting of the minds, academic chat, back and forth. But essentially, it's just like three workmates hanging out. I've written wanky dinner 
It, it is a wanky dinner. Yeah, hundred percent. It's three like work friends. One's uh, an engineer a, or a physicist of some kind, and then Jacobs, the sort of like graying Brian Blessed of the three, is there <laughs> just to kind of be a dick. He's obviously a, like a smart guy as far as the movie wanted to think, but he's also just like yeah. I'll I'll shit all over your ideas. Uh, I mean, they do really back and forth him with whether he's a philosopher or a mathematician. One of the first things he says is that one plus one does not always equal two, which, by the way, it absolutely does. There is a good <laughs> there is a good binary joke there, though. Oh, really? Because in one plus one equals ten in binary, because oh. two in binary is ten. Oh, I see. So, or you know, <laughs> or I was going to say, or twenty-two in Roman numerals, and that's not true either. <laughs> no, two. I have Eleven good, in Roman numerals. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just as good at maths as these guys are. <laughs> um, wanky dinner party indeed, at which Aiden, troubled by his inability to fix uh, his time dilemma, brings to the professor's mul- uh, plural table. Oh yeah, I'm 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 writing a book, and the the book's about you know time travel, and um, also like. A, a guy I know has an STI, and I need some help with that too. Yeah. The- <laughs> uh, if if someone I knew had committed tax fraud, what would they have yeah. to like? It's a real obvious. <laughs> now, so got, I'm I'm writing a book, and uh, it's about time travel. My my guy has this this problem. You know, uh, he keeps trying to go back and and save his save somebody, and it just keeps going wrong. Intimating that. A, it keeps going wrong, which we've just seen the car crash happens regardless. He punched Aiden 2 in the face a couple times. It still happened. And he intimates that he's done it a good couple of times. And then I wrote down like, this is Aiden 4, but we could, extend, you know, we could, for lack of a better understanding, say he could be a, he could be Aiden 4000. You know, he could have done this multiple times. Yeah. It's in this moment that he confirms to the professors that the hole in the floor sends him back 12 hours. He doesn't say, you know, the hole in the floor sends me back. He says his character in his novel is sent back 12 hours. So that's the confirmation of the time. And that's when we get the time travel diagram. Fantastic. Not drawn by Aiden in this moment. This is drawn by the physicist. And it's a very kind of like, I don't want to say exposition heavy because it's not plot, but it's very kind of like reference heavy a moment where they really kind of grill him on almost. And it's almost a a meta thing of, I imagine, the director grilling himself on his own time travel of just like, how does it work? Can you go back? He says, you can't go back. This is uh, Jacobs, the shitty professor saying, oh, you can't go back. It's already happened. Ford is the only option. It's been proven that it's possible, which I don't know that it has. Uh, technically, yes, we can definitely travel forward in time. Forward in time, it's easy. All you need to do is accelerate at closer to the speed of light. The closer you get to the speed of light, oh, okay, yeah. the less okay, time cool. affects you. You can go forward in time and you can't go backward in time. Again, proven mm, mathematically, maybe, but he's still been a bit of a dickhead. It it reminds me of the way the way he draws the diagram away sort of shows it to Aiden is it reminds me of the moment in Interstellar where they're talking about jumping through wormholes and if he folds a piece of paper around he puts two dots on and it's it's more like wormhole oh no the best one of those explanation the best one of those is definitely an event horizon yeah yeah oh the the the, the, maybe the origin of folding space i don't know might even be it seems to be that that sort of simple thing of if you want to go from one place to another quickly like instantaneously you need to fold space time around you know i'd like i'd like it so that if that's the case he goes into the floor of the motel and when he comes out it's from a floor in the ceiling (laughs) now i would have loved to have seen that yeah, I would have, yeah, yeah. I would have much preferred because yeah. this way around, 
He just gets into the floor and then I assume hangs out for half a second, then gets out. If he'd gone into the floor and slipped down from the ceiling and it was just 12 hours earlier, yeah. I'd have been much more into that. Yeah, yeah totally. Now, the, the the engineer in drawing this this time diagram, which is essentially just an explanation of alternate reality theory and, and branching reality theories, he does make a, a really interesting point, one of the most valuable points made in this movie, that... Going back in time and creating change creates the branching of a new reality and a new dimension in some in I'll say in some ways for now because I'm I'm on shaky ground. But that via creating that, you are not so much time traveling as creating new you're not creating new time. You are just going to a the same time, but it's now a different dimension of that time. You're now in a different reality. You're in a branch thing. Yeah, it's kind of like you've sidestepped. Um, it's the sliding doors thing um, and the kind of like multiverse theory thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, you could argue that it's slightly lazy as a theory to try and say, well, to avoid paradoxes, to avoid, you know, things that might mess with my timeline, I'm going to make it be separate universes. But honestly, I think it's how I prefer it because it, it makes more sense. It makes it easier to make a good movie because you can say, well, I don't, you don't need to worry about those things. And it takes you less out of the moment it's part of this like thing that i i don't know i've been stewing on it for like ages and i just every now and then i'm reminded of it that if you go to a different dimension you are inherently in a new time you have time traveled even if you go to the exact same moment you know uh 12 p.m on a saturday here i'll go to 12 p.m on a saturday in one of these alternate realities i have definitely time traveled even though i'm in the same moment because i'm in the time of a different reality or you're in a different, different timeline yes yeah. i'm in a different timeline so i guess it's almost a case of like the differentiator possibly between time traveling and timeline traveling in that if you travel along a timeline the time is always the same you're just traveling along the timeline whereas traveling time traveling and i don't want to get too boiled down in my own weird meta headspace but whereas time traveling it's a double whammy you get dimension travel and time travel it's the difference between if you imagine everyone has a piece of string tied around their waist which goes forwards and that's the time tra- the sort of timeline you follow it might have knots in it might double back on itself and that can be the time travel whereas this is you have the string attached to yourself you just remove it and you attach a string from a different universe mm. with a different color yeah. ergo nice. a different yeah 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 it's a nice word i used to have a thing where i used to say traveling dimension is always time travel but tra- but time travel is not always traveling dimension yeah. It's like, yeah. A, you know, this means that, but that doesn't mean this kind of thing. Yeah. And I like the fact that this movie puts that on a plate. This is the 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 philosopher's chat is the most interesting bit of the movie. I think the dinner party for for dinner with friends, wine with negging from Mr. <laughs> from <laughs> wine Professor with negging. <laughs> I also point out, just as uh, Aiden's leaving, his professor tells him of, of a plan that, again, I think is actually quite good. It's the, his, that his plan is... I know his plan as a child or as a younger person was, I know time travel won't be invented in my time, in my lifetime, but I think it will be in the future. If I make enough of a hullabaloo about time travel and how desperate I am to time travel, then surely if I can just get some kind of recognition in the future, after they've brought forward, you know, Galileo and brought forward Leonardo da Vinci and brought forward, you know, Nelson Mandela and everyone useful, maybe they'll bring me. I actually wrote down in my notes... I think this is Glenn Triggs talking. 
I think he's saying, look, I'm going to be the time travel guy <laughs> oh, so that in the future when they go back and go, who deserves to come? He always wanted to. Uh, Let's bring Glenn. Pick me, pick I me. I was just about to say this is the moment that I thought, oh, maybe there is something behind this movie that has a little bit of, of merit, but you just ruined it for me, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a novel idea. Yeah, if it it's is. Glenn's, no, I'm out. I, no, hope, I'm out. I hope they specifically don't. I hope they're <laughs> like, you know what? Let's not bring back that guy who just would not shut up yeah. about the TT. Mm-hmm. Now, Aiden 4000, as I will call him now, uh, having done it God knows how many times he leaves, he has a bit better an understanding about how to, you know, rewrite his novel about time travel. And he is unfortunately in a, in a, in a petrol station or in a, in, a, in a shop, he is apprehended by Captain Ty and Sergeant Fuck Ties. I assume he was buying more Powerade. But he's buying, <laughs> yeah. Oh, not yeah. buying a tie, is he? Not I mean, buying why, a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they arrest him because you know he's still. Uh, uh, even though they technically wouldn't have found the body of Lauren in the car, they arrest him regardless. They are, you know, time cops. <laughs> what? Uh, which of the two cops would you have uh, presumed was going to hit him? Oh, come on, Tyless. Uh, yeah, not Ty. Yeah. I would have assumed not Ty. It's all backwards. I no. thought they were doing good cop, bad cop. I thought that was what was happening there. But they were doing Ty the, cop, no Ty, ty cop. Ty cop, no Ty cop. Well, I think that possibly if Ty cop starts moving too vigorously, his whole shirt will come undone because <laughs> And then he's, he'll have he's, to leave. <laughs> nothing securing that collar. <laughs> As you said, they they just aggressively start beating him. You know, they've taken I, him to. I'm pretty sure you can't just beat up a suspect. No, yeah, that's well, not something you can do. It's, it's really... Australia. Oh, Australia rules. Sorry, my bad. And they really don't like him. Like from the hospital no. scene as well. They, especially Notai. He really doesn't like Aiden, which I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of on their side. I don't like yeah. Aiden either. I don't like Notai either, though. Can I just say? But but we do have Aiden using. Uh, although he can't change his past, he at this point realizes that. He can, in the future, help himself out. If he plans now to rescue himself, it won't be changing his past because he's already decided to do it. And sure enough, the fire alarm goes off. Yeah. Lo and behold, they they literally like speak it into existence. I think one of the, I think Notai is saying to him like, oh, well, well if you're time traveling, why don't you just time travel and free yourself? Ba-dum, ba-dum, fire alarm. There you go. So yeah, outside, the fire alarm's going off. We have to take all the prisoners outside, but we can't let Aiden get away. You know, he's a hardened criminal. So they tie him up on a lamppost. With a heroin addict. With a heroin addict. Okay. A very jolly heroin addict. <laughs> and and they decide, do you know what? Now that we've chained him up here, now that we know he's completely secure and cannot possibly escape, we will turn around and look the other way and count to 100. There, he's, you know... I hate them. <laughs> I, hate them all. I really like. I like the crack addict, and I hate everyone else. It, it almost. Moment. It almost seems like they called Brisbane Police Force, and they were like, "Can we do some filming for our movie inside the police station?" No, no you can't. But you can use this lamppost in this bin outside. That's fine. The Aiden who helps him by setting off the fire alarm. This is not Aiden Five. This is just Aiden Four again. Correct me. I'm lost. This, I didn't know. I don't that know. No, this, this. This is Aiden. So Aiden. Four, he finds, he watches the, um, well, first he helps the heroin addict dance. And yeah, let's, let's pick ring up, around the rosy or something. Picks up, picks up, because the, the heroin addict has kicked over the bin, picks up the hacksaw, uses the hacksaw to cut through his manacles, leaves the heroin addict behind, what a bastard, then Don't goes, leave me, don't leave me, well. Then runs off and finds the same hacksaw in a uh, shed. 
He then keeps that to travel with him for when he becomes Aiden Five, and then he goes back and leaves it underneath the bin ready for himself. Good. I'm glad it I'm glad it is Aiden Five and that they didn't get lost in the weirdness of like, oh no, it's Aiden Four, but just later in the thing, because it makes no sense about the, the physical location and the doubling up of the hacksaw. But okay, so Aiden Five rescues him, but we are still with Aiden Four in this moment. Aiden Four now evading the evading the cops, having escaped custody. Another chase scene. We like chase scenes in time travel as well. We do. Exactly. And the whole thing is just a primer ripoff again. It it really is this time. And it's not an homage this time. Exactly the same thing happens. They're chasing round houses out the side of houses. The whole thing is just primer. Very primer, kind primer. of suburban. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I bet he had a bike for this yeah. moment. It's funny. We see a guy with a bike and a car and, you know, lots of running for, for Aiden in this time. <laughs> yeah. He runs to the diner and he meets up with, again, the bald weirdo. But this is the... First time that he's not so bored. Well, he's so bored. No, he's still bald. He's not so weird. <laughs> he's uh, he's not so weird. Still so bald. Um, but he's looking like a very dignified gentleman. Yeah, he's wearing a nice suit. Before we start talking about him, did you see what was behind him in the shot? I did not. Oh no, I didn't. A statue of Elvis Presley. Oh, cool. So the story oh. earlier of he saw Elvis while he was pissed. He clearly just went past the diner window yeah. and saw Elvis sat inside the diner oh, wow, window as a statue. Oh, that's okay, not, great. Okay, yeah, I'm okay yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah. It was yeah. the first time in this film that I went, oh, all right, that's actually quite a good detail to have left in. <laughs> the bald weirdo is uh, uh, not so weird this time because he has undergone himself a little timeline cleansing. He's done a little bit of pruning. He's Marie Kondoed. His whole timeline got rid of the excess. He says to Aiden, you know, Aiden, who says to him, like, hey, how's, how's it going, man? You know, um, you don't, you know, you don't know me, but I know you. What's up? How's it going? He says, uh, has anything kind of happened to you? Like, has anything kind of, did you ever like have a big moment? You look like you've had a big moment. Has anything big happened to you? And he's like, well, it's funny you mention it. I was going to go to war. And then just, he doesn't even drop what happened. He just says, then something incredible happened or something miraculous happened. And I didn't. <laughs> and I just became a lawyer. I think that's supposed to be mirroring Aiden's kind of discussion earlier when he first says something weird happened. And I think the whole point is there's something weird, there's something miraculous are both, they saw themselves. Yeah, that's fair. I'm happy for the bald weirdo now yeah, because I am you know, too. I like the acting of him. It's offset against a lot of other stuff, so it, it maybe looks better in comparison. But I like the acting, and I want him to be happy. And well, it, out of everybody in this entire movie, his arc is actually complete by this scene. I find it a lot more fulfilling than Aiden's arc. Very in much fact. so. And we, all, you know, we get a nice little two more additions to the uh, the old the old game, the old what, what, what the opposites game, the you know whatever it's called. Aiden contributes this time. Aiden contributes to the game. He uh, offers him up tomato sauce and the musical note G, which <laughs> offset tomato sauce and the musical note G against what was it previously? A lava lamp and a dead horse kidney. So Aiden is, you know, he's keeping it PG. He's keeping it nice and relaxed. I like to, you know, hear nice, pleasant stuff like the musical note G. Don't worry, we'll ruin it straight away with the blue guitar and a frozen gorilla lung. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, out of context, animal organs is where gorilla his lung brain would is. have been enough. Uh, yeah. At least, so the first time it's a dead horse kidney, not one from a live horse, and this is a frozen gorilla lung from I assume a live gorilla. And a lava lamp and a blue guitar is just kind of like Elton John's living room. I don't, it's just, yeah, no, but a, a, a frozen gorilla lung. It's just not lines like this you see in your script and you may be just like, maybe, maybe not. And Glenn Triggs comes out of nowhere and <laughs> goes, like, no, that's my vision. Make that horse kidney dead, okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
And so after his nice meeting with the not-so-bald weirdo in the diner, Aiden, who now has a bit more motivation, I can change my... You know, I've just seen the bald weirdo who is now not-so-weird. He's changed his timeline for a, in, in a positive way, so... Maybe I can. So he's got some some more impetus. He heads out and he sits down in the car park and he, he draws his time diagram number two, two of two. His one is a lot more primerish. It's a lot more bouncing all over the, the shop. And it gives you a good example of what he thinks he's done so far. So you can see that he has two back-to-back journeys at some point. Um, and we also learn that he probably is just Aiden 5. There probably haven't been 3,000, 4,000 individual ones. But don't worry, there are some <laughs> more to come. Well, I mean, yeah, he doesn't... Is, oh, wow, there's going to be many to come. So he sets himself up on the idea of, and this is with a bit of voiceover from the professor and some of the professor's sage wisdom of, like, remember time travels with you. Remember that, you know, you need to go back to moments that matter. Aiden, Aiden comes up with the plan of, like, I'm going all the way back. I'm going right back. We see him on the on the diagram, just a big line to the <laughs> far left of the paper. Do you know where my entire life went wrong? 1957, when my granddad drowned because he was trying to get his golf ball out of the pond. Yeah. He wants to evolve himself to Aiden 1 million. He's going for the full shiny, you know, it's the millennium kind of vibes. And so we literally see him. We literally see him hop in, hop out, hop, hop in, hop out, hop in, hop out of, of the hotel mole in the floor. So what did I say? The, <laughs> the hotel, hotel mole, mole in, the, in floor. the floor. The motel hole in the floor. Both work. <laughs> okay, elephant in the room here. <laughs> so I was like, I've got to, because I knew James would do this. I knew you'd do this. Uh, I was I was determined to work out how long I thought he would, how many times he'd have to travel back in time to get back to 1957. So this is my line of mathematics. Okay, I worked it out on, um, assuming his grandmother is 80, approximately. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and let's say uh, she's 20 in 1957. She looks about 20 right. Maybe yeah, work that fair. out. That's so, good, because I was going to ask you, like, what's your starting point? 2012 yeah. when the movie's made or anything? But that's better, the maths of the grandma. So I so I worked on 60 years being my, like, standard, which conveniently is 525,600 minutes. Okay. <laughs> oh, my good God. So when, when you actually do the maths on it, I worked it out. He would have to go through that whole 43,800 times to take him back to the point which he wants to be. Adam, I love it. Uh, I did much. I did do very similar equations. Yeah. So I went by the sign that said that the houses were going to be built in 1957. Excellent. Um, yeah, yeah. And I again went that it would be 2012. So I thought it was about 55 years. Yeah. So pretty so similar pretty to close. you. So I thought 20,000 odd days, which means 40,000 odd jumping in and out of the holes. But I, I, I took each a little... Jump, each jump being like... He jumps, he goes back 12 hours. So he needs two jumps to do one day. Yeah. Correct. So I I then took it a bit further and I looked at, I thought, getting in that hole isn't easy. You see, he struggles in and out that yeah. hole. Yeah, do, do you think that, do you think there's like a stepladder well, in there or something? Well, it, it kind of, uh, one thing I thought was like, is it the action of getting into the hole? And does he have to close the lid yeah, to go maybe back like in time? Even just a, I think even just a millisecond of close. Like, at what point, like, could you just dangle your legs in and your legs are 12 hours in the past? I'll, I'll just <laughs> time like, travel my shoe. I'll just put my arm back through. That'd be cool. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I assumed it you was... You have to completely close yourself inside it, right? I assumed it was the Linoni... When the Linoni... I assumed it was when the linoleum <laughs> touches itself. <laughs> that is when the time travel occurs. So... 
I think he's putting in about the same amount of effort getting getting in and out of that hole as one pull-up, okay? So I think he's going to have to do 40,000 pull-ups. Now, in 2019, the world record for pull-ups was 7,715 <laughs> in 24 hours. You know what would have made it more realistic for me is, is if when he came out of the hole, it was just the rock. <laughs> <laughs> just so, but from thigh down. So, can you do two minutes of filming for us? So that's 7,700 pull-ups in 2019. Back in 2012, the world record was only 4,000 pull-ups. Oh, my life. In one day. In 24 hours. So it would have taken, even if he was... The best in the world. The best in the world. It would have taken him 10 days of pull-ups constantly, constantly for him to have travelled back that far. Imagine the squats. Imagine the back pain, because he, he definitely hunkers down and, like, arches down when yeah. he gets into and the... Also, as well, why why does is nobody ever in that bathroom? You see people in the hotel room. They show, yeah, they don't and want no to show the like... amount of times he interrupts <laughs> shit. <Someone's, yeah. laughs> shit. Or people having showers, he just, a guy crawls out of the oh, floor. Hi there. Oh, oh, hi. Hi. Don't mind me, going back in now. Going back in. Weird. And the last line I'll leave it on is that obviously that's going to burn some extra calories. Even if we just say it's one calorie per pull-up, that's 20 days worth of food he would need to eat in order to do that amount of effort. Do you think he took some food into the dark eyes? <laughs> well, that, like a yeah. whole chicken every day. If abdicated. Oh, I think, I think honestly, him going back to 1957, they've abdicated all responsibility for working out how it would be possible. And it's just like, no, no, he just, listen, he just did it. Okay, listen, after you go in the hole three times, it actually accelerates. So every time is 10,000 hours. Okay. Yeah. It would have been great if he just worked out that for every minute he spent in the hole, it's 12 hours. And he just sat there. Yeah, that yeah, would have been a much easier. Because the bonded weirdo yeah. would have had to go back probably further. Because he's well, actually probably less. He's not eighty, and he wants to go back to well, when still. he when he was conscribed maybe at eighteen. Yeah, but the bald weirdo should be sorry. There. Sorry, I need you to redo that line and not say conscribed. What did I say? I said conscribed. I need you to not say conscribed. <laughs> But yeah, so the bald weirdo is not sat there with like a, a, a massive thunder thighs of, of squatting potential, nor is Aiden. Uh, they have just, they've just, uh, move on, move on. No, no, he's back. Pay attention to 1957. Look how sunny it is. Look how nice it is. Everyone's, are they Mormons? We don't know. It's great. <laughs> he goes back and he in, instantly, as you mentioned with the maths of his grandmother looking 20, he instantly, you know, goes and, and this is his purpose. He is motivated to change the course of his grandfather's Death by golf ball. <laughs> he gives his grandma a weird look. Yes, he does. Yeah, I, she doesn't know him from Adam. Like, not you, Adam. She doesn't know him from... <laughs> she doesn't know him from... <laughs> oh, I snorted. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> she, doesn't know, she doesn't know who this guy is. And yeah, he's, he's kind of nice, but he's also like dressed in anachronistic clothing. and The like ripped you, jeans? Yeah, I just... All together, I just think if he turned up in 1957, I think you'd be like... Because like, it's like the 50s when Marty McFly goes back, isn't it? And they're yeah. all like... Everyone's like, why are you dressed in that life You're preserver? so weird. Yeah, I know. Oh, um, what? I was just about to say, when was Australia founded? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did I did legit look up when the golf ball was invented just to, to make sure that that type of golf ball existed. But it does look like it was probably the right sort of golf ball. I didn't catch earlier in the movie. I just, you know, I was I was drifting in and out of consciousness, I think. <laughs> but I didn't catch that his father had died via golf ball. Grandfather. Uh, grandfather, sorry. His, 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 his grandfather had died via golf ball. And so he goes back and he, 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 he amends the death by... How, 
how did you not catch that? Because it's kind of a running joke that the grandma always says he died from a golf ball. She mentioned it. I remember the mentioning of it. I just remember instantly being like, yeah, I'll toss that back up my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll toss that. I didn't know something about this movie that I just, stuff came into my head and a lot of it I was like, you are volatile, <laughs> get out. <laughs> this film, I could not concentrate. I really yeah, honestly just could was, not focus. It's really hard. That, I mean, this sequence is where I have my moment. And I got to the end of this movie without being pulled out too badly, but this is the moment that, oh, fucking, really? that fucking ruined it for me. Which part in specific? His grandfather gets into a car that has modern car seats. Oh, uh, yeah, And it's, yeah. it's on the Wikipedia page as something that is like... An anachronism. And like, just a goof. Oh, and yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. It's just like, why go to the effort of having him go back to 1957 if you can't get a car from 1957 i just it just just don't do a car journey just don't you don't need to they didn't need to he plays golf next to his house not five miles away stop hitting golf balls into a lake don't you what do you do does he just own one is that what we're supposed to believe he owns one golf ball ball, and Uh, when he hits it into the lake on uh, purpose he then says yep i'm gonna go get it now i wrote down does he have to get undressed and get in every time he hits the ball so is he Sisyphus and he's just like, every day I go down to the lake. He's not from South America. He's from Australia. That's fine. Um, he just hits the golf ball every day. Hit the golf ball into the lake. Go and fetch it out. It's my penance. It's what I do. Okay. I didn't fight a great war. I, no bald weirdo am I. It's terrible. And and the, and for his, his death to be averted by just, well, here's another one. Why doesn't he then just smash that one into the lake as well? I just, it's so pithy. It's the end of the movie. This is the grand gesture of yeah. I'm going back in time and I'm going to correct some wrongs. I'm going to help my grandmother. Yeah, I'm going to save granddad's life. And you don't, you know, we do then move on after he saves the life of his of his grandfather. We then get the big reveal that this movie has to to play with, which is that, as, as we mentioned earlier on, the old ass manager of the motel, Toady Toderson, is in fact Aiden. It's the final Aiden. It's Aiden Infinity. And it's the Aiden who decides I'm going all the way back to 1957 and I will live from 1957 all the way to present day, 60 years roughly, as you said, Adam. And I will buy the motel. I will create the motel. I will... With all the knowledge he has of the past, his choice is to, I assume, become a run-of-the-mill worker at the hotel until eventually he earns enough money to own it. He doesn't think, I'll play the stock market. He doesn't invest in Apple. He just works at Nothing. the motel. When when he comes out of the hole in 1957, where the fuck is he, by the way? I assume the, motel's the motel's not there. In I, what motel is he? I assume the motel is there. We, d- we don't well, see it, but... But, but there's signs for, like, we're going to build it. There's a sign it. for, like, ground where oh, he's wandering. I figured... No, the, I think the sign is just supposed to be a sign of we are developing the land here right? and we're going to build houses here. I don't... I'm, okay. Oh, it's, oh maybe it the sign is vague. nothing to do with the motel it's because just, I thought... It's just the, we're building the I thought town. the sign was, this is the motel plot. That's exactly we'll build how the I motel it. here. And, I was and just so he's like, gone back so that he can... But then there's no way that would play out because are you telling me he built the hole in the floor? No. The motel has to be separate from him. It has to be a magical hole in the floor that's either always existed or just he... Yeah. What is it? Is it Field of Dreams? Build the motel and they, they will, will come. come. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm literally re. So he crawls out. It looks like he crawls out. The, the motel still exists. Right. And it's house lots for sale, 1957. Oh, okay. It's just a really silly. Yeah, it's just a bad sign. Yeah. It's a bad sign. So not, uh, not only does the motel still exist, it's the same linoleum. That's a bit weird. Um, but also, it still has the same electric lights outside. 
So the hotel is like, the motel is like displaced in time itself by the looks of it. And when they have the montage of him going back over and over the yeah. long way back to 1957, the bedding never changes. No, the, 60 the people's years. clothes never change in no. the hotel room no, either. No, no, no they one... do repeat a few people as yeah, well. Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's a me- on a, The back end of this movie is a messy montage. The yeah. whole thing is a messy montage. Yeah. It's just four of them kind of gaffer taped together because everything we're discussing now, him going back and him, apart from once he saves the grandfather... There's no dialogue from the characters for a while because it's then just montage of, and now we see the reveal of old Aiden. He's staring pensively at his grandmother and grandfather's house. He's he's gonna. We know now he's going to stay for the long run, all the way up until present day, and he will become the manager of the motel. No illusion then, in light of your reveal about the housing development not being a motel development. We don't know, does he build the motel or does he, you know, how into this is he? This is the only part of the movie that I thought redeemed itself a little bit for me because I like the idea of he's committed to the fact that he won't be able to travel forward in time again. So he's like, I'm going to have to live my life out the long from way 1957. And I, I think it's something that comes up in time travel movies a lot. It's that decision of, well, to change my life, I'm going to have to live my life out in the past um i think it's probably something that will come up again at some point um time travel movie wise i I mean there's a little little quantum leapiness of it like you're in you're floating around in time and then when you're finished you commit to living in a moment you Mm. say like well i have to go here and from that point i'm in the moment um that's probably the only time i'll link 41 to quantum leap anytime soon (laughs) We end all of these this kind of montage thing with the, the the final bit of the movie. Aiden comes out post his exam. There's one more just let's really annoy Scott Hamza moment with Aiden's answer to his his awful. First of all, okay, oh my goodness. So the exam question that his uh, uh, idiotic professor gives him at the beginning of the movie of just like why, just why. Hey guys, philosophy grad students and your final paper of your masters or whatever the equivalent is in Australia, your Dundees, the last <laughs> <laughs> your final grade and you just have to sit there and answer a question it's just like why? Why? Why do you exist? Why do you do this to me, guys? That's what I want to know. And what is Aiden? You you monstrosity. His answer is just, why not? Good day. <laughs> I know. I hate him, honestly. It reminds me so much, honestly. Do you know how often at university I would, like, you tell people on, like, a night out shouting over some rubbish club music and someone's like, oh, well, what are you studying? Like, I study philosophy. And like, oh, yeah. Uh, did you hear? And then they tell you inevitably in the smoking area, like, did you hear that thing about the Oxford student who, like, he was at and he was, he wanted to get into Oxford and he sat on a chair and then someone told him, like, oh, what's the... um. To, uh, you need to talk to us about the chair you're in, prove existence, blah, blah, blah. And the student just sat there and he went, what chair? And they instantly let him into Oxford. That story used to go around like 10 years ago. I heard it like seven or eight times about like, yeah, that's how cool philosophy can be. That's this. Why and why not? For his, I, for, for his professor to have invited him to an academic wank bank and said to him, come to meet my friends over because you wrote why not on your group. Red paper. Adam, do you have a bucket of water or anything <laughs> that you could... Fire. Nothing's going to cool that man down. <laughs> that's it. This, that's the height. I've reached my crescendo. That was the height of my annoyance with this film. Okay? 
You can't. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Let's burn this film and all existing copies of it. Because why not? I- I'm going to I'm going to move us on here. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> So obviously he finishes his why not on the paper, which he apparently gets good enough grades to pass. And then we we kind of end the movie with Aiden going to uh, to going to visit himself again, but this time as the old man. And he just says to him something along the lines of "Go to the motel." Yeah, it's just which, the, it's the inverse. It's which, the bike clock scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. now you should go to the thing, but it's not a copy of Aiden. It's just some random old man. And he's like, "Do you know what, creepy old man?" I will. <laughs> Go to the motel. You have some kind eyes, Toad yeah, Boy. Yes, you do. let's Massive do this. ears, though. Yeah, yeah. Huge, massive ears, though. Uh, so, which he does, he heads back to the motel to meet with Lauren, at which point I realised the solution to this whole thing would just have been if he'd taken the spark plugs out of his car. I was going to say slash his tyres. That's the, that 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 solves it, right? Just slash slash his tires yeah. and then they... steal his keys. Yeah, yeah. Why does and one I I I thought like maybe after the why not reveal that I had had a stroke and was now just <laughs> dying. <laughs> I don't know why. Why does Aiden now all of a sudden just decide to walk? Oh, let me walk you home. It's why? not explained. It's something about maybe his grandpa being alive instilled in him the virtues <laughs> of romance, and therefore he yeah. would walk her home. Or it's. Like the only explanation is it's a load of bollocks. It just it right right. I'm not yeah. going crazy. There's no explanation for like this time round. He just decides to to walk. Just to say, this is the longest discussion we've ever had about a film. It was gonna be like this. Let's right. be honest. And um, it's still the most animated we've ever been in a discussion. Yeah. Okay, we're done. We're done. We've made it through. Okay, Adam, you tried, but you didn't kill us off. Okay. It was close, though. You nearly had an aneurysm. I had, uh, at one point, I had a stroke, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if I'm still alive. So, yes, um, we are done. Now, time travel. The hole in the floor. We're in episode six now. So we're, we're you know, around the halfway stage of our season. And we've, we're starting to kind of stack up a good few types of time travel and a few sort of different ways that it's been done. We've spoken over the course of this recording about 41 and how there are links to Primer, how there's links to Los Cronocrimenes, a fair few of them, even some links to, to ARQ. Absolutely none, none to Sound of Thunder, apart from the fact that both of these movies made me want to punch myself in the face. In terms of the type of time travel we see in this movie, it's both really simple, I think, and like unnecessarily complicated. We got stuck into the minutiae of what's I mean, we don't know what's in that hole. We don't, you know, him having to go in and come out and do all those squats. And so we've broken kind of apart the hole itself. But in terms of the time travel we see and in terms of the the nature of his journeys, he draws the engineer in the, the wanky wine party with the professors. He draws a kind of looped thing and he draws a, a alternate reality diagram. And it, it begins with just a simple set of it's Aiden looping over and over. We get Aiden 1, Aiden 2, Aiden 3, Aiden 4. Then towards the back end, it kind of breaks into two other strands to this bow. One being the changing of reality, uh, the changing of the timeline rather, and two being going for the long way back and committing to existing throughout your entire timeline as opposed, you know, just ditching yourself, going all the way back and, and living that way. We've seen six different films so far, all of them with different time travel devices. I mean, we've had um, Spinny Drum, We've sophisticated had, box. We've had box. Milk tub. Milk we've tub. Had, Milk yeah. tub. Um, and <laughs> in this one, we have just hole in the ground. Yeah. Um, but we've also had several different types of actual time travel. So we've had, for example, 
Um, you can only go back within your own loop. We've had this is a loop that's caused by an external event that will just keep repeating. ARQ. ARQ. We've had um, you can go back to this specific point and come back to the future. I know it's all fine with Sound of Thunder. Yeah. This is this is a slightly different one in that you can go back to any time that you want. You just cannot go forward. This is, I think, the first of its type that we've had. Yeah, it's almost like a manual button. Like you press once for 12 hours, press two for 24 hours and keep pressing and you will get where you need to go with seemingly... No aging or muscular <laughs> muscular additions or, or or starvation or anything like that because as we broke apart with the maths, you know, he would have had to do it for ten days and all that kind of stuff. We don't get any of that, but it is, as you say, it's the first kind of example of just like a manual past past machine, a manual a manual past accessor. I guess it's got out of all of them, it's got it's again, it's got more links to Primer than anything else because it's like the longer you spend in the box in Primer the longer you can go back, effectively. I will say, though, there is no, oh, we need to make sure the hole in the floor is switched on. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's just happening, isn't it? Just always it's like there. At, at any time, that hole is there and you can go back 12 hours. In. And there's no limit. Like, when no. we with, with Primer, they had the whole point of their, yeah. like, redundancy boxes they've mm. got, were, or the oh shit boxes. Yeah. This, this is just, you can always do it. And I think... I don't want to give this movie any compliments, but at least <laughs> at least it is something novel. Yeah, I guess so. I think we'll uh, pass over to uh, Adam, still hate you, uh, for some <laughs> film facts. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be able to change your opinion about the movie with the film facts. And to be honest, there aren't many because it was, you know... It's, it's super indie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weirdly enough as well. This film, although it had... It debuted at one of the film festivals, I think, in Australia, and it's on YouTube. It's still being kickstarted. It's still being kickstarted. Yeah. Is that a time travel in conundrum? Joke? Yeah. Interestingly, though, it had a couple of alternate titles. <laughs> if you'd like those, bugger you slowly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first one was Motel Forty One, which doesn't make much. I think I, that's a better. T- honestly, think it's I, a better title. I think Forty One's a terrible title. Do you want the other? Why one? Why do you though? think it's apart from the room? There's no other significance to that number in this no, movie. No, I even stopped the movie at forty one minutes just to see what was happening at that point. And the only the the relevant point there is that it's just as he's leaving the party and he's talking to the professor. Hotel Forty One is a five star hotel, though. Oh. So Motel 41 is a sort of a pun. Oh, okay. As wow. in Hotel 41 exists IRL? Yes. Oh, oh okay. Cool. In yeah. what country? In this country, in London. Oh. oh, right. Oh, so it's like a known thing. It's just like the Savoy yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, the other alternate title is A Motel in Time. Oh, God. I mean, that would be at huh? least in keeping with... Um, it would be in keeping with the, um, I don't want to say amateur, like it's a bad thing, but in keeping with the low grade of this movie yeah. to name it something really on the nose. And it would have saved the YouTube video that this movie's on YouTube. And it's titled, uh, what was it titled? Mind-bending time travel film. My, titled Mind-bending time travel film, like popping a nice self-review in the title of your YouTube video. <laughs> Whereas if you just named it Motel in Time, I'm yeah. sure you would have hit the SEO. Not to be too critical, but... Um, I mean, other things like in terms of budget, 5,000 Australian dollary dues. Which is like what in UK? 2,700 quid. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. That, yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Which, all right. 
I mean, back then is slightly more than now, but it's only 2012. Yeah. It's it's all, it's it's like, it feels to me like a student movie or yeah. at least like a, a post-grad movie or something, you know, a film school kind of thing. I wonder if there's thing. any sort of documentary on YouTube you could watch about how this filmmaker made this film for $5,000. I wonder, I wonder you mention is. it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, apart from that, I mean, it doesn't have a, it didn't have a, a worldwide... A theatrical release or anything theatrical like that. Theatrical release, yeah. so there's no that's... kind of, like, money involved. So it's, that's kind of it, really. I did come up with an alternate title. Oh, though. please. I, a couple, actually. If you'd like. <laughs> so following on from uh, Ball Weirdo's game, I thought perhaps we could call this movie 41 and a good movie because they're so far away from each other. That's really smart. That's, that's quite good. <laughs> that's yeah. really smart. I like that. And my only concern with that would be what if people thought you meant it? 41 and it's a good movie. But just delete this part out, Scott. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't have this against my... <laughs> 41 and a cohesive plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, yeah, what else can you say, really? I, you know what? I don't want to end it on a dour note. Here's what I will say. We have managed to speak for an incredibly long time about this movie, and I've enjoyed every minute of it, Absolutely. genuinely. I think that for all of the foibles of this movie, for all of the incredibly sluggish acting and, and, and the weird eyeballs of, of the actor playing Aiden, it is still it is an interesting thing to, have, to exist. And I give massive props to Glenn Triggs for writing it, directing it, and Bringing it into existence. I'm glad I watched it. I, uh... Yeah, Adam. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we had an opportunity to talk about something that isn't top draw. Yeah, oh, I... I yeah. It's, it's been a nice palate cleanser, if you like. Um, <laughs> Before we get out, uh, uh, gentlemen, it is uh, my job to make sure we uh, chuck this on the ladder of rankings that we have uh, in ascending order. We have bottom of the list, uh, Sound of Thunder, followed by fourth, The Jacket, third, ARQ, and then our nice sort of cherries on top. We have in second place, Los Crono Crimenes, and sat atop the pile is Primer. Gentlemen, I will go to you first, James, because I'm not on speaking terms with Adam just yet. Uh, I'll only refer to him in the room. Um, James, how do you feel about this? I mean, you heard what I said. A Sound of Thunder, Jacket, uh, you know. I mean, I, I obviously, it is on the lower end. Um, I, I, I have to compare it to The Jacket, and I think that's... The Jacket is a better film. At least there's something happening in that film. I then look at the sound of thun a sound of thunder. And honestly, picking between the two of them is like, it's, do I want herpes or syphilis? It's like the <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'll have to put 41. I'm going to have to put it at the bottom because it's too interesting to not have something about it. I'm going to have to put it at the bottom because if I put it, you know, second from the bottom, that just people will gloss over it. But when it's the the absolute worst film on the list, people will go, oh, I've got to see what makes this film so bad. Pride of place. Uh, Betrayer, how do you feel? <laughs> um, I think you're both wrong. I think. <laughs> no, I, it's 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 worse than Sound of Thunder. It's This is not a good movie, easily at the bottom. It's below Sound of Thunder for me. I feel like, James, you're, you're right. It's about the same level, I think, of enjoyment as I got from Sound of Thunder, but you can't put one next to each other. This is obviously a worse movie. I think, and I really tried tried my best and toyed with the idea of kind of about turning and trying to maximise the good stuff in this movie, and I think that if I'm being positive... I would say the the time travel is more complex and more interesting than A Sound of Thunder. 
I would also say it's sort of bang on same as jacket in that we had a lot of weirdness about that morgue draw and about the jacket and what was causing the time travel and how did it work. So I, I'd put it there or there about. So I, I, in terms of just the time travel alone, I would say it hops Sound of Thunder. That said, it's almost a case of even though the filling of the donut is nice and is better than Sound of Thunder's. Sound of Thunder's donut had nothing in the middle. Okay, nothing. Air. Dreams. Ben Kingsley's hair. <laughs> Inside the donut of 41, it is the filling is nice. It's like a, a, a normal custard. It's okay, you know. It's that the actual donut is made of hate. <laughs> it's, that the, it's that the actual donut is made of, of, of a punch in your face and a punch in my face. Mm-hmm. Um... So I I I'm I'm I I really don't know. It's almost like a, it's a it's a four star in one way, and it's a, it's a one to zero star in five different ways. But I I will settle with. I think it. I think for your reason exactly, James. It should almost take pride of place at it the bottom. It deserves its yeah. last place. For Sound yeah. of Thunder to be bottom is just like yeah, it's just it's just not good, and it's that's just, it. Yeah. Forty one is like no, this is bottom of the list because this is the worst, and there's still a loss of value to watching it because you get to bathe in that terribleness if glenn triggs decides to you know remake this film with a large budget so he can finally see his vision on screen i will absolutely pay to watch that yeah right definitely sounds like you know secretly you liked it (laughs) secretly adam get out of my house And indeed, Adam was both kindly and forcefully ejected from James's house, which brings us to the close of another episode of Time Travel Film Club. If you would be so kind as to share TTFC with your bosom buds, our episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And we would be insanely grateful if you could leave us a rating and review so that our week club can reach more ears. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club and follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club or on our subreddit r slash Time Travel Film Club or send an email to Time Travel Film Club at gmail.com. Our next episode, we will be discussing 2006's The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, which at time of recording is available for Amazon Rental. Until then, love from the past, see you in the future. <laughs>